It's Friday morning. There was a storm in the Channel, the English Channel, overnight. Bit of lightning flashing around the place. It's Friday, 23rd of February, 24. What's the time? Half past seven in the morning, nice and early. Six degrees centigrade, 43 Fahrenheit. 88% humidity, water-filled air. (laughs) 987 millibars. And the flag is a little bit of a breeze from the west. I can see blue sky up there, sun is shining, a little bit of blue sky, very nice. The weekend apparently is going to be a complete washout. No doubt you're wondering about the screeching seagulls at the beginning of the episode. Quite a few of you have said that you miss the seagulls. When I used to do the recording in the shed at the end of the garden, there were seagulls and squirrels on the shed roof bashing around, seagulls screaming. And a lot of you liked that. Of course, now I've moved into the the indoor high-tech studio. You don't hear the seagulls. So I've just put a few there at the beginning as a sort of intro. You can't please all the people all the time, but some of the people some of the time or something. I might not do it every week. You know me, I'll probably forget. Anyway, let's move on. What did you do? It's half term, school holiday. It's raining. You're stuck at home indoors. Dad's at work, mum's busy doing housework. Is that sexist? No, that's all right. Back then, in the 50s, mum did housework. She was a housewife. Imagine calling a lady a housewife today. You get a belt over the head with a frying pan. But what did you do? It's pouring with rain. You're on school holiday. You look out of the window. It's miserable. It's chilly. What a rotten British summer we're having. Bear in mind, you weren't the only child. You perhaps had brothers and sisters. You had friends. In fact, children all across Britain. Thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of children are all stuck at home. I'm bored. What can I do? I'm bored. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, you can't. It's raining, so shut up. (laughs) i tell you what I did. I had a Meccano set, a lovely Meccano set, huge thing. I used to play around with that. I'd build things. Had the electric motor. I built a gearbox. I built this sort of car engine thing where the motor was the engine. I made a clutch out of two wheels and I padded them with some cloth for the sort of clutch lining. Went boy with all that. And uh, was it three forward gears? No, two forward gears, one reverse. I put all the cogs together. Took me hours, but it worked. And once I got bored with the Meccano set, I would pull the old valve radios to bits. You know, the 1940s valve radios. I used to get hold of those from rubbish dumps and wherever people would give them to me and I'd try and repair them, unsuccessfully of course, so I'd end up putting them to bits and it would take me ages, days even, days and days. I was never bored and of course it didn't rain constantly. I know people think that in Britain all it does is rain in the summer, the good old British summer, (laughs) but it didn't rain every day, all day. There were times when I could go over the woods albeit the woods were wet and muddy and the fields were all flooded and horrible. I remember my sister, she would read. She was an avid reader. I forget what she read. I think it was mainly comics or magazines. These, you know, the girl magazines, Bunty and uh, whatever what they called. I can't remember, Jackie, all that stuff. One was called Girl, I think. I didn't go into the boys' comics so much. I liked the Dandy and the Beano but I wasn't into all the others. I liked books about radio, magazines about radio, practical wireless, 
was a good magazine that came out every month and there's all sorts of information in there you could learn things you could build things you had to be pretty clever though to build the stuff which I wasn't as a child that came later Esther nice to hear from you you say that when you were 12 school holidays all you did was make clothes <laughs> that's rather good but clothes for dolls dresses you've put here dresses cardigans skirts tops well, that would pass the time, wouldn't it? Some were knitted, you say, some you just sewed out of cloth, and that would take hours. And, now this is the, here's the thing, as we say, here's the thing. Esther only sold the clothes at school, didn't she, to the other girls. She made dolls' clothes and sold them, but also made them to order. Other girls would give Esther measurements of their dolls and tell her what material they wanted, what design they wanted. <laughs> and she used to make quite a lot on top of her pocket money now that's good I do like that turn a horrible wet day into something profitable that is good good on you Esther thanks for contacting me I do like that one an entrepreneur at 12 years old email from Danny quite a few emails like this from the the boys well they're men now but they were they were boys back then he went to work with his dad his dad was self-employed carpenter and he went to work with his dad and helped doing woodwork stuff like that so he was never bored and uh, Danny says he ended up a carpenter himself so even on a summer's day he says he wasn't over the woods mucking about with tadpoles as you put it he wasn't wasting time mucking about with tadpoles he was with his dad learning a trade so when he left school at 16 that was it went in with his dad worked for him and eventually rang the business himself when his dad retired a lot of male correspondents have said that's what they did they went to work with their dad if they could I mean obviously not everyone could so that's interesting because you're learning a trade at the same time if you go and help your dad out at work I remember some friends of mine on a rainy day they just stayed in bed I couldn't do that I know a lot of teenagers when I was in my teens a lot of them Saturday Sunday they spent half the day in bed I couldn't do that I wanted to get things done I wanted to get out and enjoy stuff do things <laughs> I couldn't stay in bed and even now well this morning for example awake at half past four up at half past five have a shower get dressed Trisha's still asleep <laughs> and I'm in here answering emails in my high-tech recording studio answering emails had a chat to someone on the radio a local radio amateur he was up early as well we had a quick chat cup of tea I just can't abide staying in bed especially till lunchtime. That's what a lot of my friends did. I remember them saying, oh, horrible day yesterday, I just didn't get out of bed. <laughs> Dreadful waste of a day, especially in the summer when it's a lovely day. There's nothing better than breakfast on the patio. The sun's coming up, six o'clock in the morning, you're out there with your breakfast, cup of coffee, the birds are singing, oh, don't. It's pouring, I nearly said something else then. Another word beginning with, P. It's pouring with rain at the moment. The wind is from the west. It's lashing with rain. But it is winter, as Trisha keeps reminding me. Whenever I complain about the weather, she says, well, it's not summer yet. We're still in winter, officially. We are. It's still February, so I shouldn't complain. Well, I do, and I will. I know I'm very lucky, because I don't think I've ever been bored in my life. I can honestly say... I don't remember ever being bored. There's always something to do, always stuff going on, places to go, things to do. 
And I do know that a lot of people suffer from boredom. I, I know a friend of mine recently was saying to me, he doesn't like gardening. There's nothing to do. He hasn't got a hobby. He is bored. He sits at home bored. That doesn't compute with me because if the sun came out now, for example, after I've finished having a chat with you, if it was sunny, I'd go out in the garden. I'd be doing this, doing that, mucking about, digging up weeds out there for the tortoise. Oh, Gary loves the weeds. He's all right, by the way. He's waking up properly now. Trish said he's not stomping around much like he used to. And I said, well, hang on a minute. Imagine if you had spent three months in bed, not moving, asleep, and then suddenly you get out of bed. Your muscles would have wasted away, you know. You'd be unsteady on your legs. You wouldn't start doing a marathon, would you? It would take, well, probably take a week or two to get back into... I don't know what would happen if a human didn't move in bed for three months. Well, you get bed sores, but <laughs> what would happen to your muscles? Of course, no food. So Gary was losing weight over the winter months. Anyway, he's wide awake now. He's eating well and he's enjoying his basking lamp in his house and is no doubt rearing to get out into the garden as I am. Back in the 50s, of course, there was no daytime television. There was children's hour that came on at five o'clock, or was that, that might have been later in the 60s. I can't remember. But there was no TV during the day, so that was no good. The radio, well, kids didn't really listen to the radio. There was nothing on there. Well, there was, I think they had children's programmes later on in the day on the radio. I didn't listen to those. I was too busy tuning around the shortwave bands, listening to stations from far off lands. That kept me busy in the evenings because that's when signals are really strong in the evenings on the shortwave bands. I would be listening to stations from all around the world. That was fantastic. Email from Jerry. He says, do you remember the expression, shut the front door? I don't, Jerry. Shut the front door. I've never heard that. I've heard I'll go to the foot of our stairs. I don't know what that means. I can't find out what that means. No one knows what it means. But I do remember that being said in the 50s as a, as a form of explanation. I'll go to the foot of our stairs. Well, Jerry reckons that's the other one. Shut the front door. <laughs> Aren't there some weird expressions around? Absolutely straight. I mean, I'm always saying stone the crows. Daughter number three doesn't like that because her and her partner, they feed the crows. And she says, I don't want them stoned. Why don't you say stone the magpies instead? Magpies, I like magpies. I really do, but no one else does because they they kill smaller birds. A chap I knew used to shoot them. He said it was quite legal. He'd hang out of his bedroom window shooting magpies. Is that legal? He said it was. I remember when I was a child, I first heard the expression, put the wood in the hole. And this chap was, my friend's older brother was talking to me and I'm thinking, what's he on about? He said, go on, put the wood in the hole, it's cold. Then he laughed. He said, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? And I said, no, what wood, in what hole? He said, the door. Oh, put the wood, in. oh, I get it, yes. Another time, uh, the same chap said to me, when I went in there, this was a friend lived just down the road from me. I went round there and... Uh, he said, were you born in a barn? And I looked around. What do you mean, born? No, of course I wasn't born in a barn. He said, well, you've left the door open. I didn't know. Again, I didn't know what he was talking about. He did it deliberately because he knew that I wouldn't know what he meant. 
and he was always coming out with things. He said once, put another shilling in the metre. And I thought, well, here we go again. What's this, a shilling in the metre? And he said, turn the light on, it's getting dark. Put a shilling in the metre. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> oh, here we go. More noises. I won't go into that because I know what it is. Treasure is out with her sister. They're out for lunch. And their lunch comprises lunch and then afternoon in the restaurant drinking wine. <laughs> so I'm home alone. And it's raining and it's horrible out there. But I'm fine. I'm not bored. I'm enjoying chatting to you. I said earlier that when I got bored with Meccano, I'd go on to pulling radios to bits. That's the wrong word because I then said I'd never been bored in my life. What I should have said was I got fed up with Meccano. I'd had enough of that. Went on to something else. Pulling radios to bits. <laughs> that was good fun. I did like that. Another expression that comes to mind is blow me down or you could what was it no blow me down with a feather no you could knock me over with a feather or something blow me down that was one used a lot back then there was gore blimey <laughs> that was that was an old one wasn't it gore blimey what that means is god blind me apparently so that's not a very nice one to say but people don't have expressions now well they do there's one it's like and i was like and he was like, and then I was like, and he was like, everything, everything's like. I don't know where that's come from. Everything's like. Shut the front door. <laughs> I used to go for walks along the seafront in the summer. I used to live not far from the seafront, probably a couple of hundred yards, well, I say a couple of hundred metres, try and keep up to date with things. A couple of hundred metres walk from the seafront. Six o'clock in the morning, lovely walking on the seafront in the summer. There used to be a chap down there. He had a clarinet and he'd sit on the beach playing a clarinet at six o'clock in the morning and he played really well. I suppose he had nowhere else to, to practice. And down there, the only people around were one or two dog walkers, me, and loads of seagulls. So ideal place to practice. I used to like that. I also went to the seafront when I lived down there after work. I'd finish work about half four or five o'clock and then go for a walk along the seafront. I don't like the sea or the beach. I never have. But it was so close to where I lived. It was lovely just to walk along the, the seafront only for an hour or so. Just walk along there, listen to the seagulls, breathe in the, the salty air. It was rather nice. Had I lived near the woods, I would have. that would have been my choice. The woods or the sea. It would have been the woods, of course. But that was a long time ago. Stone the crows, that must be... No, sorry, stone the magpies. <laughs> that must be getting on. That's 30 years ago, is it? 25, 30 years ago? Doesn't time fly? That's another odd expression. Time doesn't fly, does it? Birds fly, aeroplanes fly. What does fed up mean? Because I said that earlier. I should have said fed up instead of bored. Fed up, I suppose it means you're fed. Like you've had enough food, is that it? You've been fed up and you can't take any more. Perhaps that's where it comes from. I don't know. That's another one to look up. My Look Up Things book is now so full, I've got to get another book. I'm going to have to start <laughs> volume two. Isn't it awful? I really ought to start going through the book and seeing exactly what is what. Sister-in-law and brother-in-law are back from Lapland, up the, the top of Finland, and they did see the Northern Lights, so that's good. That's what they went for. Well, Andy, the ride on the sledge with the huskies and all that stuff. 
They thoroughly enjoyed it. Only three nights, was it three or four nights? Thoroughly enjoyed it. Barbecue out in some big tent place in the forest. Huge tent. Barbecue there. And that's where they saw the lights. Sister-in-law was the first. She walked outside the tent, looked to the north. Hey, look, the lights, the lights. Of course, everyone's out there with cameras and stuff. Excellent. I would like to go and see the lights, but I'm not going up there. I made a fool of myself. Said to a friend of mine on the radio, sister-in-law went to Lapland. And he said, oh, where was that? Norway, Finland? I said, well, Lapland, uh, Finland. And he said, well, no, Lapland is sort of all of it. (laughs) Oh, is it? I made a fool of myself. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought Lapland was the top of Finland. But apparently it's also the top of Norway and probably the top of Russia and everywhere else. I've no idea. I shall put that in volume two of the things to look up. I've been to Helsinki. That must be 30 years ago or more. I went to Helsinki only for a couple of days. That was nice. Very clean. Very clean. Very cold. Very clean. I can't remember what time of year it was, but it was daylight all night. Well, not daylight all night. I exaggerate. I lied. It was kind of daylight-ish. I think that's the way to put it. Triple glazing as well. Everywhere had triple glazing. I'd never seen that before. And the door, the outside door to this place I was staying, there were two doors. You open the inner door, then there's another door, and that's the outer door, and they're both triple glazed. So you've got two doors, six layers of glass. I suppose it gets that cold. I think sister-in-law said the coldest was minus 15 centigrade. What's that in Fahrenheit? I don't know. You'll have to ask Alexa. I have to whisper that word because... Several people have emailed me and said, can you not say Alexa? (laughs) Because they all come on and say, what do you want? I can't help you with that one. I'm sorry, I don't know that one. And then they're all having to say, shut up. (laughs) You can tell it to shut up. You can tell it to do other things as well. I've set hours to tell me the sort of rain forecast, if it's going to rain. And about seven every evening, she kicks off. Good evening, Ray. From Amazon, blah, blah, blah. It's going to rain tomorrow. I just say, shut up, Alexa. Oh, I've said it. Sorry. She also joins in conversations. When Trish and I are talking, she'll join in. I'm sorry. I don't know that one. Who asked you? (laughs) It's quite good fun at times. Who would have thought back in the 1950s and 1960s that we'd have flat screen tellies, a television hanging on the wall, no more than, what, two inches thick or whatever they are? People would have said, no, 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 that's not possible. Star Trek type communicators, which were our mobile phones, beam me up, Scotty. Do you remember those on Star Trek, the communicators? They went, or whatever they did. Had you said to someone then, well, have those. There'll be telephones you keep in your pocket. Wherever you are in the world, you can use it as a telephone. People would have said, no, don't be daft. That's all science fiction. Of course, science fiction becomes science faction, doesn't it? Eventually. Can you say faction? I used to like Star Trek, the old episodes with Captain James T. Kirk. That was good. And Spock. I mentioned Spock the other day, didn't I? He was on Columbo. Peter Falk. He was brilliant. I won't go into American cars. Don't worry. You're all saying, oh, no, here we go. He's off on American cars again. Here we go. Switch off. No, I won't do that. Although they are rather nice, aren't they? Hello, Rob from Holland. Not a far-flung place, the other side of the world, but just across the water from us. Holland, hello, Rob. Lovely to hear from you. You like the... Here we go, we've got a news alert. Sorry about that. I know some of you don't like that. 
but I can't really switch off my watch, my phone, the computer, the iPad, and goodness knows what other pads and things there are around. Rob, yes, you say you love the pirate radio stories because I've done a load of videos, haven't I, about pirate radio back in the 60s. And you also like the podcast episodes, which is good. So nice to hear from you, Rod. Thank you for taking the time to contact me. If you'd like to say something to me, good, bad, ugly or otherwise, raise rants at protonmail.com. Just going back to weird expressions and headlines about the weather. Bob. Hello, Bob. He says it's raining hard today in California. He says they are experiencing what the news calls an atmospheric river. I think that beats ours. Atmospheric river. What on earth is that? He said two weeks ago we had the Pineapple Express. That's a tropical storm coming from the direction of Hawaii. Oh, I see. Hence the name Pineapple. That's different. (laughs) Thanks for that, Bob. Hope all is well with you. And Brent, nice to hear from you. He says, Ray, I'm in Mexico again. Lovely. That's all right. How the other half live. Brent says... He listens to the podcast episodes either while travelling on a city bus or on the beach. He says, when I'm on the beach, I lay in the sun, shirt over my face, put the phone next to my ear on low volume and listens to the podcast episode. He says, you have a very soothing voice and I admit I sometimes fall asleep. I don't know. Everyone seems to fall asleep listening to the podcast episodes. I could have to change something. Perhaps I need some background music blasting trumpets, blasting to keep you all awake. There was another email I had the other day. That was from Sandra. She listens in the bath. I've got notes here all over the desk. I've got notes everywhere. Sandra listens in the bath. And there was, who is it? Richard. Richard listens while he's having breakfast. (laughs) I should have kept all these together. I really must organise my notes. Have you noticed if you're in Britain... Have you noticed the lighter mornings and lighter evenings? We are slowly progressing towards springtime, which is nice. And of course, down in Australia, this is the time of year I like. Hello, Rob in Australia. Your winter is coming. Mind you, your winter is better than our summer, isn't it? <laughs> I remember Rob saying, oh, it's 30 degrees today. Midwinter, 30 degrees. Was it 30? I can't remember, Rob. You'll have to remind me. But I do like it when I can say our summer is coming and your winter is coming. It's about, I, mustn't, oh, I mustn't make fun. I mustn't make fun of the people down under. Oh, I have asked. Did you answer me, Rod? Do you call us the people up over? We call you, you know, like you're down under. Do you call us up over or are we down under to you? Because you're the right way up and we're not. <laughs> Be interesting to find out. I've just been downstairs to make a cup of tea and I had a look at the weather house. Do you remember those? It's a little wooden house, a little ornament, really. And there's a man and a lady, and they're hanging on a... My grandfather called it cat gut. I'm not sure whether it's actually made from the guts of cats. Anyway, it's hanging on a bit of this cord stuff. And when it's raining, or when it's going to rain, the man comes out. And when it's not going to rain, it's going to be warm, sunny weather, the lady comes out. Well, dry weather, anyway. The lady comes out. And the man's out at the moment because it's pouring with rain. But it's rather good. Do you remember those? I don't know whether people have them these days. Trisha's mum bought me this for Christmas years ago. I'd mentioned it and she happened to pick up on it. 
and she bought me one as a present. She said it was a job to get hold of one because nowhere sells them. Well, obviously somewhere did. <laughs> and it's really good. It's pretty accurate. My grandmother, she used to hang seaweed outside her back door. They had a covered porch bit, so it wasn't in the rain. And the seaweed, if the seaweed was damp, it was going to rain, was it? Or if it was pliable, if it was dry and hard, then it was going to be a sunny day, something like that. And she swore by it. I've got a stone, this is funny, hanging on the, the ball and on the patio. There's a stone hanging on a piece of string. And there's a notice under it. And it says, if the stone is wet, it's raining. If the stone is white, it's snowing. If the stone is swinging, it's windy. If the stone is dry and warm, then it's sunny. Something like that. Anyway, it's daft, but it's accurate. It is accurate. I'll give it that. Do you know, all these old methods and things of predicting the weather, the forecast, they worked. I think a lot of them worked. It's a myth that cows lying down in a field means it's going to rain. Apparently that's rubbish. But a lot of these old wives' tales, there's something in them, you know. And the medicine they used to use, herbs and stuff, they go into the, the woods or the fields and they pick certain plants and do whatever they did with them. I've smooshed them up in a bowl and mix them with water and boil them up. And they cured people. They cured various ills with these things. And of course, a lot of herbs are used today. Why am I going on about herbs? I don't know. Well, because of the old ways of telling what the weather was going to do, whether it's going to rain or not tomorrow. It's interesting. And I think there's a lot in it. I think they're probably, <laughs> dare I say it, I think some of the old methods of forecasting the weather, like bits of seaweed and people coming in and out of a house, <laughs> the man and the lady, probably more accurate than the millions of pounds worth of computers they've got these days. As I've said in the past, a barometer on the wall in the house, just tap the glass gently. I know you're not supposed to tap the glass and see which way the needle's going. Stormy, rainy weather or clear, dry weather. That's pretty accurate. It's All it is is air pressure. That's how they work. It's only air pressure. But it's very accurate. What's that bird? I'm looking at a bird over the road. I'm going to change my glasses because I think he is a... Oh, no, he's a magpie. <laughs> I thought it was a jay. I had the wrong glasses on. I won't shoot it. Well, I haven't got a gun. I don't think I'd like to shoot the magpies, even though they're not nice to little birds. Well, they're not nice to them. They murder them. But I don't think I could shoot them. I'm getting a lot of news alerts today, and I have to keep editing them out because... They're all about the same thing. You know, or have you heard, uh, you know about this thing that we had in the House of Commons? Was it Wednesday? I can't remember when it was. Oh, it was dreadful. There was chaos in Parliament. Chaos, they're calling it. And I think they're right. I won't go into it because we don't do politics on here. This is where we escape all the horrible things in life, isn't it? On the Raise Rants episodes. They're all about nice things, <laughs> like shooting magpies. <laughs> no, seriously. But you've probably heard in the news, have a look if you're interested. And I know you're not interested. Well, perhaps some of you are abroad, you know, to see what's going on here with our government and our members of parliament, as they call themselves. I have another name for them, but uh, I can't mention that here. Anyway, let's get away from all that horrible stuff and shooting magpies. Oh, he's gone. We had a pair of jays in the garden again the other day. We do have them visit quite often, actually, which is rather nice. We're coming up to halfway through the podcast episode, half an hour. 
Anyone still awake? <laughs> or have you all dozed off? I reckon half of you have gone to sleep and the other half of you have gone to the pub. Switched off and gone to the pub. I have said before, haven't I? Does anyone actually listen to the end? And thank you. A lot of people emailed me and messaged me saying, I listened to the end. Thank you very much. That's nice of you. I also chat to the end, if you'd noticed. Sarah emailed me and she says that she never got bored. Both her parents worked when she was at school, which she says herself was unusual back in the 60s, both parents working, but they both worked. She was an only child and she was at home on her own, the summer holidays, all day, every day in the week, not the weekends, of course. Mum and Dad were home then, but she didn't get bored. She says, guess why? I couldn't guess why, Sarah. So I read on. You had friends round. <laughs> during the day and your parents didn't know. They got in at half five, I think you said one was half five, six o'clock, by which time you'd cleared up. This went on, she says, one summer holiday, this went on for two or three weeks until one of the neighbours complained to her parents about the noise. What it was was her record player. She would blast out music, friends would bring records round. No harm in that, of course, but the noise apparently <laughs> got louder and louder. What were they doing? You don't say how old you were, Sarah, but you were naughty. They were drinking. And you don't say what you were drinking. What was it back in those days? Not something as harmless as cherry bee or baby sham. What was it, vodka or something? They were drinking. They were having wild parties during the day. Of course, she had to clear up before mum and dad got home. And it was only when a neighbour complained. Even then, though, she says they just had to keep the music down. So that's great. No wonder you never got bored. And there's a bit more to it, which I won't go into. On a nice day, when there was no need to have all the friends round drinking, she went next door to the boy next door because he was on his own. And I can't read any more than that, Sarah, but uh, it's no wonder you didn't get bored come rain or shine. The weather, honestly, it was perfectly still just now. No wind at all. Now it is lashing rain and the wind, the flags round the pole going mental. Honestly, look at it. I always say that, don't I? Look at that. Look at that lovely blue sky and the sun. Or look at the rain. And of course, you can't. You can't see it. I know why I do that. It's because I feel, as some of you do, you've said to me, you feel like we're having a chat over a cup of tea or sitting in a pub having a chat over a beer. And I just feel that I'm actually with you, you know? That's why I say, oh, look, look at that rain. And of course, you can't. But it is nice, though, to think that I'm actually with you having a chat. It's rather nice. I don't know what we're going to do with this weather. I know it's still winter, but this is getting a little bit much now. We've had flood warnings. There's a seagull over there. He's sitting on the wind, just in midair, perfectly still, just sitting on the wind. I love the way they do that. I saw on YouTube the other day, someone had put a camera on an eagle's back. And the eagle, I don't know where it was, is flying over snow-covered mountains and the view, honestly, you can see him. He's leaning over to one side and soaring through the air. And it's just amazing to see what he was seeing. I wonder whether he appreciates how fantastic that is, how lucky he is. Imagine if we could do that. No, I wouldn't do that. I, would, I don't like heights. Struth. They said this morning on the radio, Force 10, wind, gales, whatever it's called. And I had a Met Office email saying, wind later on this afternoon could cause damage and I said that to a friend of mine on the radio I said about this wind he said no no perfectly still what are you talking about 
Well, here it is. That'll teach him. <laughs> That'll teach him for doubting me. Just going back to that expression, uh, shut the front door. Larry Grayson used to have a similar... Do you remember Larry Grayson? He'd say, shut that door. Do you mean I can't do accent. Shut that door. And look at the mook on here. He'd run his finger along something and there's all dust on there. I wonder whether he got that, shut that door, from shut the front door. I don't know how old the expression is. I did have a look online. Some people reckon it's just uh, a surprise, uh, an expression of surprise. Shut that door. <laughs> no, shut the front door. That's the one. Other people say it's a form of saying, or a more polite way of saying, shut up. So if you say, shut the front door, that could mean your mouth, which is on the front. Shut the front door. I don't know. That I'm only sort of working out for myself. I don't know. The trouble is, when you look stuff up online, you go to one website, it says this. Another website says that. So much of it is contradictory, isn't it? You've, wherever you go, it, it says different things. What I tend to do online is, depending on what I'm looking for, I'll gather information from two or three websites or maybe more and then take it all together and come to my own conclusion, evaluate all the information I've got and then decide for myself what I think is right. The seagulls are going mental this morning. They really are going mad. The sky is now really blue, so that's nice. Anyway, let's move on. What's next? I was talking to a friend the other day and he said, when you were a child, did you have picnics in the garden? rather than going out all the time to the woods or the beach or wherever. We did actually, well, I say picnics. We would very often in the summer, we'd have tea in the garden. Do you remember, did you have afternoon tea? Sort of a, a cup of tea, jam sandwich. I love jam sandwiches. And a piece of cake, piece of Swiss roll, something like that, in the garden. I think that happened when we got in from school, all us kids, four of us got in from school, and mum would have a, either a cup of tea ready for me, the older one, or orange juice, Corona, Cherryade, cream soda, limeade, fizzy stuff, all bad for your teeth. And in the summer, we'd sit in the garden on a, a rug on the lawn and have a sort of picnic. Talking of tea, who remembers when it was made properly in the 1950s and even into the 60s? My grandmother, she'd get the teapot and she'd warm it with your know, warm water from the kettle, rinse it around the teapot, make sure it's nice and warm, tip that down the sink. Then, out of the tea caddy, who had a tea caddy? It was a tin, wasn't it, with a lid? And in there is all the tea, not tea bags. And you'd have a teaspoon, not a little teaspoon you eat boiled eggs with, a proper teaspoon, a, a wide thing, like more like a, a scoop, not a shovel, <laughs> a scoop. And you'd have one scoop per person and one for the pot. So she'd put all the tea in, say there's three of us, so it'd be one, two, three, four scoops of tea in the pot, boiling water, and it had to be boiling to burst the, the leaves. It had to be boiling, not just almost boiling. She'd fill the pot up, give it a good stir, put the lid on, and then put a tea cosy. Who remembers tea cosies? Over the teapot. That kept it warm. A tea cosy, you'd knit them yourself, okay? Grandmas and all these old people, <laughs> they knit tea cosies while they're knitting boots for the latest grandchild that's due any minute now and a little bobble hat and little mittens or whatever. They'd also knit scarves and tea cosies. <laughs> oh, and swimming trunks. Do you remember we talked about that a while ago? Can you imagine 
can you believe it? Swimming trunks were knitted. They were wool. <laughs> of course, as soon as they got wet, they're heavy, they sag, and sometimes drop down your legs. Right, moving on swiftly. So the tea cosy was basically a coat, a woolen coat, for the teapot, and you put that over the teapot to keep it warm. When the tea had brewed for a sufficient amount of time, whatever that was, she would pour the tea through a tea strainer. Who remembers tea strainers? This was great. This was when tea was made properly, into a proper cup. So this tea strainer would fit on top of the cup, and she'd pour the tea in. It would collect all the leaves, which you then tip back into the teapot, so it could brew a bit more. <laughs> and then add the milk and sugar. Some people had milk first, some had milk afterwards, but I like milk afterwards. Anyway, that's all beside the point. But it was all lovely back then. Everything was done properly. There were proper teacups and a saucer and a teaspoon on your saucer for stirring. These days, it's a tea bag thrown into a mug, bit of hot water, stir that up, splash of milk, that's done. <laughs> all rather common, really, when you think about it. And the milk was in a jug. A little milk jug, not out of the milk bottle, the plastic thing and container from the fridge. A proper milk jug. The sugar was in a bowl, sometimes sugar lumps. If it was lumps, then there'd be little tongs to get the lumps out to put into your tea. It was all done beautifully. I like all that. Unfortunately, here in Britain, we're losing or have lost a lot of our old values. You might say, well, that's not a value, is it? Making tea in a teapot and having a tea strainer and sugar tongs <laughs> but it is in a way it is it's all part of the the british way of life our values but it's going everything is going someone said the other day i haven't heard it on the news myself children's swings in playgrounds apparently they whoever they are want to get rid of swings they're dangerous or something i think it's the eu is it that said we must get rid of swings well you can't do that they've already got rid of the the witch's hat in the playground that huge metal rocking horse thing, which was great fun, there'll be nothing left. What are they going to have in children's playgrounds? Just a, a foam rubber layer within a, a foam rubber wall. Can't have a football, that's dangerous, it might hit someone's head. There'll be nothing in there. Next thing, they'll be wanting to get rid of the children themselves. <laughs> I don't know where it's all going to end up. Anyway, we've got tea bags now thrown into mugs. We won't have swings in the playground. We can't do this, we can't do that. That sky is getting a lot bluer, actually. The flag's calming down a bit. Hopefully it'll be a nice afternoon. A nice afternoon for a fete on the village green. Who remembers that? Well, I suppose you'd have to live in a village to remember that. I remember the fete on the village green. There'd be old ladies. <laughs> there are young ladies as well. Have to say that, don't you? There'd be old ladies selling their homemade jam, homemade marmalade. Can't do that now. EU, stop that. You're not allowed to do that unless you use new jam jars. You can't collect second-hand jam jars and marmalade jars, as everyone used to. In case they've got some sort of disease, they think that old ladies wouldn't wash them out properly before putting the marmalade and the jam in the jars. So you've got to buy brand new ones. Ah, That's another avenue of pleasure that's been cut off, as John Cleese would say. I don't know whether people sell homemade jam anymore. You've got to add the price of a, a jar, a jam jar. What do jam jars cost? New ones, I don't know. But it all adds to the price and it all adds to the palaver. So old ladies are going to think, well, I'll make my own jam then. Uh, I did say something then. 
Uh, forget them, I'll just make my own jam and eat it myself. They'll have to go without. Each thing on its own that we've lost, like the teapot and the tea strainer, you might think, oh, well, that doesn't matter, does it, in itself, you know, if you really want a teapot, well, you can buy them, get a tea strainer and do it like you're used to. It's not a problem, which is true. If you want homemade jam, make it yourself or ask old ladies, give them some new jars or something. Again, on its own, it's not a real problem. But if you add all these little things up, it is a massive change in the way that we live, really. That might sound silly, I know, but when you think about it, if you put all these little things together, what was it initially, years ago, the common market? You're not allowed to have bent cucumbers. <laughs> the cucumbers had to be perfectly straight, so they fit in boxes for packaging and transporting. If they're slightly curved, oh, well, that's it, you have to throw them out. Waste them. And I think, I don't know whether it was a joke, but people were saying, well, bananas should be straight as well because they'd be easier to pack in crates. It's daft, isn't it? I don't know who, who these people are. They sit behind a desk somewhere coming up with daft ideas. Oh, we don't want second-hand jam jars. You might get salmonella or E. coli or gonorrhea or something. Well, no, perhaps not. Anyway, moving on. I used to like the fate on the village green when I lived in a village many years ago. That was nice. Various stalls selling various things apart from homemade jam and marmalade. There would be people that had grown their own vegetables. You could buy marrows and all sorts of vegetables, cabbages, lettuces, all homegrown in someone's garden. So it was really good, decent, quality, fresh produce. Really nice. But I think it's all gone now. You're not allowed to do anything friend of mine used to grow tomatoes for a local greengrocer shop. He grew a load of tomatoes. He had a big greenhouse and he supplied the local greengrocer shop. He made money. The shop made a profit. And of course, the tomatoes were local, fresh, really nice. Talking of fresh fruit and vegetables, that's something else we did when we were kids. Half term at school, summer holiday, Go scrumping. Who went scrumping? I know I've talked about this before, but it was good fun. Someone emailed me when I mentioned it, I think a few months ago or last year. They said that's stealing. I know it's stealing, but, you know, kids creeping around an orchard, eating a few pears, stuffing their pockets full of pears or apples. I know it's stealing, but that's what kids did back then. Well, no, I'm not saying that's what kids did. They didn't steal. Well, they did. <laughs> Digging a hole digging a hole even deeper for myself. But that's the sort of thing that we got up to. And yes, we got caught on occasion. Some old boy would come out, get out of it, Oi, clear off you lot. <laughs> and he'd throw things. I remember one chap, he threw rotten apples, ones that fall on the ground and he'd not collected up. They're going bad. He'd throw them at us. <laughs> and miss, of course, that was quite funny. Not far from where I lived, there was a huge field full of strawberries. Can you imagine that? I remember with a couple of friends at night, it was dark. We'd creep along on our stomachs, you know, flat on the ground. We'd creep along getting these strawberries. We didn't take them home. We didn't take a bag full and fill it up, you know, take it home to mum. We would just eat them, <laughs> crawling along between the rows of strawberries, eating them. And there was a bungalow. I think it's still there. It's not too far away. I'll have a look next time I drive out that way. And this chap came out of his bungalow and he had a shotgun. I don't know what he was doing with a shotgun. It wasn't a farm. Perhaps it was on the edge of a farm. Of course, that's all houses now. 
and he was looking round. He must have heard something or suspected something. The shotgun was broken over his arm. You know, it wasn't sort of ready to fire, loaded. And he was just looking round, and he stood there for ages having a cigarette. And of course, we had to lie low between the rows of strawberries and wait till he went indoors again, which he did eventually. We didn't go back after that. Just in case he had a couple of cartridges in his pocket and decided the best way to get rid of us was <laughs> fire pellets at us. I suppose, again, that was illegal. It was stealing, wasn't it? Thieving his strawberries. But we didn't do bad illegal things. We didn't wreck telephone boxes and smash things up and mug old ladies. The things we did, OK, they might have been illegal, but they were, let's say, blue collar. That's an expression. Was it blue or white collar? Criminals, where they're not thieves and thugs, but they just fiddle paperwork in the office or something like that. So I suppose we were blue collar criminals. Some old people, just going back to kids and the things they did, some old people don't like children, do they? Don't like the noise they make. They'll move next door to a school and then complain about the noise the kids are making. All rather odd. Whereas other old people, they love kids. They love to hear them playing in the street, in the playground. They love their laughter and their screaming and everything because I think it reminds them of their childhood. I like the sound of kids. There used to be a lot in our row. They've all grown up now. And they haven't been replaced. Well, there are one or two, but there used to be loads in our road. And it was great in the summer. They're all out there kicking a ball around and mucking about. Yes, sometimes the girls would scream and the boys would shout. But it's all part of childhood. I used to like all that. I miss that, to be honest. There was an old chap where I lived. He was in his 70s. And when we were playing football in the street, well, not football, just kicking a ball around, he used to come out and join in. Funny old chap he was, he loved it. He'd come out and kick the ball around with us. Whereas another one who lived not far away from him, this other one, he'd come out, get out of it, you lot, go over the park and play with that, clear off. <laughs> totally different, isn't that strange? You probably can't hear them, but the seagulls out there are really going mental now. I wonder, we had that storm in the channel last night, I wonder whether there's another storm on the way. Now, they're a good uh, weather forecast sort of device, the seagulls. Well, they're not a device, are they? But when they start screaming and swooping round, circling around, that often means that the weather is changing. There was a seagull over the back of us, and he would swoop into someone's garden. He'd swoop down, then swoop back up again and land on the chimney of the house. Then he'd swoop down to the garden, swoop back up again and land on the chimney. And I didn't know what he was doing. This happened not every day, but over a period of a couple of weeks. I'd watch him from the bedroom window out the back there. Eventually, I found out what it was. He was harassing a fox. That's what it was. Well, five. We had a family of five foxes over the back. There's a bit of wasteland at the back. And they'd obviously got into this garden because I saw them going over the fence. And the seagull was swooping and deliberately annoying the foxes. <laughs> a bit risky, because if one of them had grabbed him, he would have been toast, or what is it, brown bread, whatever they say. He would have been extinct if you hadn't nailed him to the perch. <laughs> Wake up, Polly. Do you remember that? John Cleed, Monty Python, wasn't it? Wake up, Polly. We're off to the music quiz tonight at our club just up the road. Trisha, her sister, her sister's husband, and... Dave. Hello, Dave, if you're listening. Pod. Poor old Dave, P-O-D, we call him Pod. So we might win a few quid, I don't know. 
be nice to go up there, bottle of wine for the ladies, few beers for us. Well, I say a bottle of wine for the ladies, probably more than a bottle. We normally all have fish and chips here in our house and then walk up there afterwards. But the last couple of times we haven't done that, so we're all meeting at the club. The reason we haven't done it, I'm trying to lose weight. I can't really eat a pile of chips and then go and drink beer on top of that. Well, I can quite easily. I can very easily do that, but it's best not to. So I just have a, a light meal, you know, a bit of salad, jacket potato, something like that, and then go and have a couple of beers. That way I don't pig out and get fat. I'm not fat. I am losing weight, actually. I'm looking forward to the summer. I want to get out there, mow the lawn and start doing physical things in the garden. Just had rather a nice email, which is just in time for this episode, from William. He's on holiday in Iceland. He said, is this a far-flung place enough for you? Well, that's good. Iceland? It's different. I wonder about Greenland. Does anyone go to Greenland? I looked that up some time ago to see whether anyone lived there. And I wonder why it's called Greenland when it's white. It should be white land because it's all snow. Anyway, it's Greenland. And people do live there. There's a thriving community there. They've got a port and they do fishing and all sorts of stuff. People actually live there. That must be cold. It's like Iceland. I, I don't think I'd like to go on holiday to Iceland. It's dark all the time in the winter, isn't it? I don't suppose they get... Do they get a lot of sunshine in Greenland and Iceland? I don't know. Anyway, William, thank you for your email. Enjoy your holiday. Didn't a volcano go off there? It did again recently, didn't it, in Iceland? Do you remember a few years ago, a lot of aircraft had to stop their cancelled flights because the volcano chucked a load of ash up into the air. And you don't want ash getting into the jet engines on the aeroplanes because that wouldn't be a good thing if all the engines stopped at 33,000 feet. Not a good plan. It's now Saturday. The sun is shining. I've got a sore throat. Goodness knows where that's come from. We won the quiz last night. 75 pounds. How about that? 75. That'll do. But I had the sore throat before I went to the club, so I don't know where that's come from. I'll end it here, because you don't want to listen to me like this. I think a cup of tea might be in order. I shall see you on Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye for now.